It's time to breathe new life into the social entrepreneur by empowering you to make a living through fulfilling work that will impact lives. You'll make money, but more importantly, you'll make a difference. Welcome to the Change Creator Podcast. It's time to build a business with purpose. Now here's your host, Adam Force. What's going on, everybody? This is your host, Adam Force. I'm really pumped up about today. We're talking to Ron Bills, and he is the founder of EnvironFit. And it's such a cool company doing amazing things. I actually caught Ron right when he was coming back from speaking at the World Economic Forum. Um, he was the uh, noted as one of the social entrepreneurs of the year over at the Schwab Foundation. Um, and we're just going to tap into what he's doing right now uh, with EnviroFit. They've been going since 2005 and how that got started. And he's just got a lot of incredible insights. He took that company from a startup, guys, to a, it's a social enterprise with now that's now operating in several countries, India, Africa, Latin America. And he's built it up to about 500 employees. Uh, so he's doing something right, that's for sure. Uh, so we're going to see how that works. Um I recently got an uh, an email from, um, if you've ever had a Kind Bar, if you know the brand Kind, um, and they had a really cool story. Um, it's June 1st here today as this gets released, and that story is going out today, and we um, wanted to share that with you guys. It's about these students in high school that are doing some pretty incredible um, and courageous uh, things to make change in their own way. So we threw that article up there because it was a really cool story. Um, so yeah, stop by the website and check that out. And of course, guys, the latest magazine with Dale Partridge is out if you haven't gotten it yet. And uh, we have another powerful story in there with Ned Tozen. Those are both exclusive interviews. Um, you can catch them in there. Um, they're just really um, exciting stories and just you know packed with uh, a lot of good strategic insight. So check them out, and uh, we're going to get ready and dive into this conversation. Guys, reach out anytime. Love to hear your stories. If you caught If It's in our last podcast, she was someone that reached out and shared her story, and it was an incredible story, so you should check that out. Um, all right, guys, let's get started with our discussion talking to Ron. Hey, Ron, thanks for joining the Change Creator Podcast Show. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great, Adam. Thanks for having me. Hey, no problem. I'm excited. You know, I came across your stuff on uh, Schwab, and uh, looks like you're doing a lot of amazing work. So definitely want to dive into that. Um, you know, guys, just to give you a heads up, you could check out their stuff. It's over at Envirofit. Dot org. It's E-N-V-I-R-O-F-I-T dot org. And this is what we're going to be talking about today. So, Ron, if you could just give, give a little bit of background for everybody. Um, you know, I think you guys started, what, back in 2005. Um, just what were you doing before you started this and what led you to actually kick this uh, company off? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, um, personally, you know, I had a whole corporate career uh, around both publicly traded and private companies running businesses in those sectors, um, generally in uh, recreational products and started my career in aerospace engineering. Um, uh, but, you know, it, it, and in about 2005, I was doing some board of director work and uh, got involved with uh, Colorado State University and and we were looking at how do we take ideas born out of a university and uh, kind of turn those into a, a real business. 
And we had some really interesting discussions around, uh, you know, what does it mean to do social good and how do you accomplish that? And next thing I know, I was uh, leading EnviroFit and uh, we're on our path towards uh, two-stroke engine retrofit kits in Southeast Asia. And, uh, you know, like any mature, maturing business, uh, you know, kind of our... Uh, our product line uh, kind of evolved and changes, but uh, but we've held true to our mission as uh, reducing energy and helping people um, and uh, improve economics at a local level uh, within their own communities, and that that's basically our mission. Yeah, yeah, and and you're doing these cook stoves, so I guess that's a big part of obviously what you're doing. I see you have a few other products and stuff, but the cook stove that's that's your primary focus right now. Is that accurate? Yeah. Or, yeah. It, it is. It is right on. It's, uh, you know, what people don't realize is, you know, half the world's population woke up today and had to light a fire to cook. I know. Yeah, exactly. And that's, and that, that blows my mind when you think about, you know, the, the world's population, half the world's population had to light a fire today. You know, well, my biggest decision was whether I was going to stop and get a Starbucks on the way to work, <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, you know, so, what what the the World Health Organization estimates that 4.3 million people die every year as a result of breathing smoke uh, in, inside their homes by while cooking yeah. uh, over time, and 70 percent of those deaths are women and children under the age of five because they they have the most exposure in that those cooking conditions. So those deaths are another thing that'll blow your mind is that number 4.3 million deaths a year. That's higher than HIV, tuberculosis, and malaria combined. Wow! And, and so it kills a lot of people. And uh, so we developed a line of of clean cook stoves that burn wood or, or charcoal, uh, biomass products, that uh, reduce the amount of indoor air pollution by about 80% or more, mm-hmm. and then reduce the amount of fuel use by over 60%. So you can imagine the reduction in carbon monoxide, uh, greenhouse gases, and carbon reduction, as well as uh, reduction in deforestation by using a, oh, a yeah. clean cook stove. Yeah. And that that's big for me. I've I've always been a big rainforest advocate. So to hear something like that is music to my ears. <laughs> yeah, thanks. It's huge. Yeah, major. And, and it saves a lot. Saves a lot of time from gathering f- fuel, right? Wood and stuff like that. Yeah, you know when when you look at, um, I mean, it's crazy, but uh, you know some people have to if they're gathering wood, they they've got to go further and further because of the amount of deforestation and and when you when you're spending your every day or you know, two, two or three times a week doing that, it's a, it's a big time drain. So if you can reduce that that down by, you know, 60%, then there, you can use that time to make money, be productive, take care of your kids, to, you know, yeah. the education, uh, mm-hmm. be, those kinds of things. So, okay, so you got this idea. Um, you, you acknowledge this big problem. Um, you started thinking, how do we contribute to uh, help solve this problem? And you came up with EnviroFit, and then you have this cook stove. So, for me, when I if, if I'm a social entrepreneur and I'm starting out, I'm going, all right, where the heck do I even begin? Like to come up with an idea, and even if I come up with this cook stove, how do I start prototyping something like this? And how do I do? I have to put my own money in. Who do I have to talk to 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 get a prototype? So, how does that all start? And how do you start manifesting this solution? Yeah, you, you know, I guess it. Uh, you know, if you look at um, if you're a product company like like we are, then you know we looked at 
doing some market studies and really understanding the market that we're, you know, a lot of times people can, you know, they, they generate a product before they understand the market. And, yeah. you know, we kind of tend to look at it the other way around through the voice of the customer and through the eyes of the customer and, and really understand the market you're going to deal in. Um, so we did, um, you know, we did a, a market study um, in, in India is where we started. And uh, we were funded for, we raised some money to fund that. And uh, we did some, some market understanding. And, and then we developed a prototype and uh, some low volume prototypes and, and then did some voice of the customer focus group studies and, and, and evolved that product and then eventually to, tooled it up, produced it and, and launched it. So, so how long does that, so I guess two questions for me. One, if you're going to get funding to say, hey, we want to do this research, we're going to go to India, that's going to cover the expenses for, for the research and the travel and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. How do you pitch that? Who do you talk to? Um, is that a grant that you get or how does that work? Yeah, typ typically, um, you know, you, you try to, you, you know, in, in, in a lot of cases, you'd go do that as a grant or you could self-fund it, you know, it, it depending upon the bandwidth of, um, of your capabilities. But and a lot of times that is self-funded. I mean, that's what we do nowadays in, in our in our business, we're self-funding our our uh, new product development work. But if you're if you're just getting started, you're you're and you don't have any cash, but you got a great idea and some passion and energy, then you know going after uh, getting some grant funding to go explore your idea and develop that product uh, further is uh, is probably the way to go. Yeah. And, um, it helps validate the idea for later if you need more funding too. Um, in in my I guess experience, meaning um, if the, it shows if you go out after big fund bigger funding once you establish your product to scale up and stuff like that. Yeah, then exactly. If you have that grant in your back pocket, it's like yeah, someone already believes in us and we went through that rigorous process of grant writing and approval. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's a it's a building block, right? So yeah. everything you do is building your story around. Uh, giving you credibility around your idea, your product, your market. Right, right, right. Uh, everything, yeah. Makes sense, makes sense. So, okay, so now you go to India, you execute this. You got you lock in the funding, um, and you start doing this research, which is really important. So it's a good, it's a good uh, talking point. And I'm just curious, how long did it take then? Was that a one-month process in India? Was it a year? Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, I, I guess it was probably about a year, you know, from the time you lay boots on the ground and start developing, you know, the understanding the market, developing product, uh, doing focus groups, doing some trial sales, uh, tooling up, uh, engineering, you know, it's probably about a year process uh, in, in that particular case. Yeah, yeah. No, and I know people listening are going to say, yeah, man, that that sounds daunting. <laughs> it's like you got to wait a year before you can really get this business going. And I think what happens is people get excited, right? They have an idea, yeah. they want to just put it together and start selling it and making it happen, right? So yeah. you got to have a little patience. Um, and it's funny because you know I started this whole magazine and this brand that we're we're uh, executing now and. If somebody told me at the beginning everything I'd have to go through to even get where I am now, I would have said, "No way, I'm not. I'm not doing that." But <laughs> I know, um, right? You know, once you just start doing it I because mean, you want to, you just start doing it. You know, and it's just yeah. the time it takes is what it is. You know. 
Um, you know, we've been we've been really active in cook stoves for since 2007. Yeah. basically is when we really launched the cook stove line in India. So, you know, that's a 10 year journey for us to, and you know, now we're close to 30 million dollars in revenue, 500 people worldwide, divisions in Africa, India, uh, Latin America. Um, it, you know, so it, it takes time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you know, continually growing the business and growing your ideas. And and I guess I'm curious then. So two things. One, how did so you got your your product now? It's established. You did your market mm-hmm. research. You developed mm-hmm. a product that aligned to what people were looking for. Um, mm-hmm. So you know it's it's appropriate. And once you put that together, now you're going out. I mean, you're available to around the world. It looks pretty pretty much just global. I see you have a whole country list, and it's like everything under the sun. Um, how did you do marketing to these um, sectors, to these groups of fo- people that would use this, uh, these products? How did you get in front of them, get visibility, and, and, and how long did it take before you actually started becoming profitable? Yeah, building, building a brand takes time. And, uh, you know, what I'd say is it's been a continual investment in our business, right? So, you know, even the money we make or raise, the, the, we're putting that back into the business to grow market areas. And, you know, we're profitable, but but we continue to invest that, that yeah. money back into our business to grow. Sure. The, um, uh, you know, how, how do you market to the people in the, in, you know, it's different. You know, I mean, we're, we're in a lot of different countries, as you mentioned. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's different in Kenya than it is in Nigeria. It's different in Ghana than it is in in uh, Guatemala, and uh, but it's really the understanding that customer and that target market in the country that you're working in, and in our case, you know, we have about a dozen people working in the U.S. The rest of that, you know, 500 people is in the markets that we serve. So we, we have a great Kenya team. We got a great Ghana team. We got a great Nigeria team, et cetera. And, um, and so local people understanding the local culture, understanding that voice of the customer and a relentless pursuit of customer happiness. Yeah. And, and that's where we've started some customer care teams within our divisions. And, and really, you know, we, we call and talk to every customer that gets a cook stove. Really? And, and, uh, and, and, you know, and treating people like they're, um, they're customers, not recipients, you know, right. and that's a, that's a big mind shift in a lot of NGO world. Um, yeah. because, you know, people are, need to be respected and treated like customers and we value their opinions and what they like and don't like about the product. And, uh, you know, we have a product line, so, and it continues, it evolves. We're launching new product all the time. So um, we we continue that pursuit of understanding our customer and the relentless pursuit of under of of consumer satisfaction. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty amazing. Um, so you have teams in the different areas, and they probably do some on the on the ground type of uh, marketing. And then, is there any digital marketing involved? I mean, are people? Yeah, but, I mean, very, very specifically to kind of give you a, a broader brush. Yeah. I mean, we we use social media extensively, like in in, in Kenya. I'll use Kenya as an example. Yeah. We use we use social media platforms from Facebook to Twitter to uh, uh, okay. WhatsApp groups to. You know, we have uh, on the ground direct marketing people that are direct sales that are that are uh, uh, going to different neighborhoods and women's groups and uh, SACOs or kind of credit unions and, you know, meeting people and explaining products and selling product. 
Um, we do a little bit of billboard. We do a little bit of radio. Okay. Um, you know, it, uh, we, we go to the markets. We develop good partners that have distribution that are in the local markets. Uh, uh, we work with uh, various banks on different loan instruments or uh, microfinance organizations on different loan instruments. So there's there, it's a broad range of, uh, of marketing techniques and, and energization. Uh, you know, we did a cooking show where we – this top chef in cool. Kenya – Cooked on one of our uh, uh, the the best charcoal stove in the world, the uh, Barfit Super Saver, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and loved it. I think uh, you know, and they, he's got a huge Facebook following. Had this cooking show and uh, and um, had you know thirty thousand people within the first week comment and and on on the show and the stove. So I mean, there's a lots of different. Uh, different avenues to get your message out and and there's no right or wrong it's it's a matter of figure out what works yeah wow that's that's a that, and you have a nice diverse portfolio of marketing um channels basically so and i think that's a key thing and important for people is you know you've got to look at all the different uh channels that you can get marketing and traction and start testing them out and seeing where you're going to get some kind of yeah, results exactly you know, it, it's always easy to talk about, but the execution is not always as easy. So you got to, you know, you, yeah. some people it's hard to track and keep, you know, uh, tabs yeah. on these things. And it takes money and risk to actually put, you know, your money down and actually do the marketing. It does. It may not work. <laughs> it know? does. And it, and that's what, that's the limiting factor. I mean, I'd love to run national TV campaigns, but we can't afford it. Right, nor would it make any sense. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But so you do some, you do the marketing that you can with the funds you have, and you know, talking to people and building word of mouth is the most important thing. And so, what drives that? Consumer satisfaction. Yeah. Right. So yeah. people, you're if you're happy with something, you tell your friends. If you're not happy with something. You tell your friends, or you don't say anything <laughs> at all because you're embarrassed you bought the darn thing. But, uh, but you know, what we—that's why we have a, that. Uh, our customer care operations are so key to our businesses that that's our voice of the customer. I want to listen, and I want 100% customer satisfaction. Sure, sure. Um, now, okay, so. So I noticed you have a lot of partners listed on your website, Calvert, um, University of Colorado or Colorado University. Um, <laughs> Colorado State, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff like that. So all these mm-hmm. partners, um, are these funding what you're doing or are they partners supporting you in another way? Yeah, not necessarily uh, funding. They're, they're partners in a lot of different ways. You know, like, uh, for example, uh, CSU, we, we have a lab that we run, a stoves lab that we run out of, out of CSU that we fund and, um, and, and do a lot of testing and prototyping there. Um, you know, uh, Calvert's been a longtime partner. They, they do, uh, we, we have some loan instruments there with them. Um, you know, so and then a lot of our partners could be distribution partners or, um, you know, enterprise partners that they're just really supporting our mission. Can you tell me, uh, I'm going to see if I can dig a little bit deeper, I think, because mm-hmm. I've, I've literally just recently had people ask me about this, you know, how do I get sponsors and partners and stuff like that? And I'm just curious, yeah. you know, when you're thinking about a strategy, okay, you know, <clears throat> where, how do partners come into the strategy as you're planning your business? Um, and, you know, once you establish, all right, these guys would be a good partner for this, or these guys are a good partner for that. Um, how do you approach them and get them on board based on these ideas? Do you put a proposal together? Um, do you, you know, how, how does that all work? 
Yeah, you know, uh, you know that's a really that's a really good question because yeah, what I see in the marketplace or in you know is I see a lot of people with some great ideas, and I can and I look at a lot of people with great ideas and say you know that's never going to go anywhere, <laughs> you know, and and you know the realization is you're running a business, right, and so all the way through your business, people need to be able to to live and make money. Yeah. So our distributors that are selling Envirofit product need to make money to live. Sure. And if they aren't, they aren't going to want to carry our product. Sure. Because they need to make a living. Mm-hmm. And and if you if you think about you know the 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 fundamental element of starting the business needs to be a decent business plan. I mean, can you make money with the product? It might be a great social mission, and but it may require philanthropic capital to execute right. forever. Right. You know, and that's a different business model than saying I'm going to create a sustainable business that can stand on its own two feet. Those are two very distinct businesses, right? Sure. And one's not better than the other. One's just different. You know, if you if you have a social mission and you want to raise some philanthropic money to go help some people in dire need and do an intervention, then that's great and more power to you. But you're going to need to go raise money to go execute that. Then it becomes a, a business plan around execution and and metrics around helping people and those kinds of things. If your mission is a true social enterprise, that means sustainable business. So what does your business plan look like? How many units do you need to sell? How many services do you need to provide before you can become sustainable? What's your plan to uh, to to uh, hire employees? What's the capital cash flow needs? How do you run a P&L? I mean, if you don't know what a P&L means, then that's a problem to start with. It'll be really hard to raise capital. Um, to be able to to do that, because people will look at you like you have a great idea, but you have no plan. Right. right. And and you know, people in today's world, uh, they want to put their money into a business that can really um, execute and be sustainable, and and uh, support a business to get to that sustainability, or, or to provide the capital to grow the business um, investment. Sure, that makes sense. That's good. Very helpful. Um, so okay, so we'll we'll move off the uh, partnership topic, and um, you mentioned to me something about an LPG business on demand um, gas uh, product that you guys are working on. So I'm I'm interested in hearing what that vision is about and and where it is in its lifeline. Yeah, hey, that's what. Uh, thanks for asking that. That's really cool. There's a. Uh you know, when we look at the um, the energy ladder around cooking with biomass and the evolution to other cooking means, one of the, the you know, you kind of start out at that wood and then charcoal. And we, you know, we have several million customers with um, um, in our biomass stoves yeah. then are doing great. But we also look at, you know, in the in the cities and uh, other um, energy needs and you look at LPG. Now, for those that don't understand, uh, that, that, that acronym LPG is like your propane tank on a barbecue, right? It's your LPG tank. Okay. And, and that's, tr- that's what people, they don't have piped gas to their houses. So they're, they may not have electricity. So they don't, they don't have a way to cook other than with, with wood or with charcoal or LPG. 
LPG, you have it kind of like your barbecue grill. It's a standalone okay. uh, LPG tank with a gas stove. And um, the, but the the detriment to to buying uh, and using LPG is that you have to buy this big tank, you have to buy a stove, you have to worry about when the gas is going to run out. You have to pay for this gas in bulk, and then you got to run your tank all the way empty, and you got to haul it off and go get it filled or exchange it and bring it back. And so it's it's a it's hard because in a lot of the places we work, it's a cash flow economy. So that means people are making money on a daily basis. They're buying their cooking fuel, their food, and they're going home and cooking it. On sure. a daily basis, so um, what we, we kind of observed this in the work we're doing, and started work about two years ago on looking at the LPG market, and then designing a, a a valve that goes on top of the tank that can people can prepay for an amount of gas, so okay. they can pay for it daily. And it's a GPS, SIM card enabled. Uh, you know, we can use mobile money. They pay us for the gas. We turn on the valve for a certain amount of time or a certain amount of volume of gas. They can see it counting down. They can load some more if they want to the next day or the day after, however long that particular load of gas lasts for them. And then with that, we it's a GPS enabled, so we know where the tank is. We know how much we've distributed out of the tank. And then we know when the tank's going to need refilled, and we can schedule through our customer care center, we can schedule the tanks to be uh, exchanged. And they don't have to be fully empty, and the customer doesn't care because, uh, in fact, we don't want it to be fully empty. That means they're out of gas. We want we want to exchange it before it gets empty, and and they don't care that it isn't empty because they've only paid for the gas they use. Okay. So it becomes a mobile energy company that uh, uh, home delivery of gas. Uh, we call it EnviroFit Smart Gas, and we'll be announcing that in the next in the next uh, week or so. And we're doing pilots in. In uh, East Africa, West Africa, and then we'll begin commercialization of that towards the end of the year. Very exciting. Cool. Uh, I'm sorry, when did you say you plan on rolling that out? Uh, we're doing pilots uh, right now in East Africa and West Africa, and then we'll begin the commercialization rollout in uh, various countries in, uh, towards the end of the year. Excellent. Excellent. So that's going to be your latest and greatest. <clears throat> Is there anything else in your vision at this point that you foresee coming down the pipeline? <laughs> Yeah, you'll have to wait and see on that one. We have all <laughs> kinds of ideas, though. But you know, we're helping a lot of people, and our mission is to you know uh, is to help people. So yeah, well, it seems like you're doing a really good job. Um, do you do do any of the locals in the areas? So you have people that work in certain areas now. Do any of the locals act as sales reps for you? You know, all all of our uh, you know, like the uh, we don't have any expats living abroad. Right. All of our people in these in these regions are local people. Oh, okay. And, and uh, so the you know our our team in Kenya is uh, all Kenyan people. Wow. And our factory in Kenya, our factory in Honduras is all Hondurans. Our you know factory in Mexico is all all Mexican people. Um, you know we don't uh, we don't uh, bring in expats to go run businesses. We fire hire good local business leaders. Very cool. Very cool. Well, yeah, I mean, looking at the numbers um, on your site for impact, it is pretty incredible. Um, and I would definitely recommend anybody uh, listening to check it out. You can you can see it under their story. It says our story and you go to impact and it has uh, some really cool statistics just about, you know, for example, let's see if I can find one that's interesting here. 
Um, you know, EnviroFit stoves reduce greenhouse gases up to 60%, reducing a family's carbon footprint for as little as $2.50 per ton. Um, so really cool stats like that uh, really demonstrate the, the value that you're bringing. I mean, we're talking about a simple thing as what you cook with, <laughs> you know, and it has such a tremendous impact when you scale it, uh, you know, around the world. So really, really impressive uh, work that you're doing. Well, thank you very much, Adam. Yeah, so I think that covers it for the most part. And like I said, I want to be respectful of your time. Um, you know, I guess I'd like to ask one last question, and that is, sure. um, and this this one might throw you for a loop, but if you were going to start over and no, with knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently? Mm. You know, I, I, you know, there's, a, there's probably... Um, a lot of things you could look at in a rearview mirror and right. and, uh, and and say I, I would change this or change that, but it's all an evolutionary process and learning from everything you do. You know, learn fast, fail fast, move on, be successful. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th there's a reason that airplanes don't have rearview mirrors, right? Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, but the the thing is to learn from all of your mistakes and and. You're going to make them, you know. Yeah, expect <laughs> <And> it. <laughs> expect it, and uh, you know, and like you said, things take longer than you think they do sometimes. And I'm a fairly impatient person, so um, it it takes time. Sure, um, sure. Um, well, guys, again, you can check out their site. They have um, they have really laid out nice too. You have a nice diagram that shows your model. Um, which I think is pretty cool, um, and you offer lots of uh, lots of different things, which is really interesting. So, a pretty elaborate website with a lot of additional information. Um, what what started this stuff? I see you have this like smart thinking, and it's like the triple A. Um, I saw a couple little programs that you're you have that have that kind of trademark name. Um, I'm just curious about that. Yeah, I mean that's a that's our tagline to our business, right? Environfit uh, smarter living. Yeah. And uh, and so so we have like smart gas and super saver stoves and it's more of a branding and model okay. name okay. Uh, specific. But it's it's really kind of the message we want to send to people. And yeah. uh, and so you kind of do that through your through your brand ex extension. Cool. Cool. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, lots of programs. Lots of products. Very interesting. Um, any any last words for people? Um, if there's a, I guess we already said how they can connect with you, which is uh, just so you guys know, it's envirofit.org. Um, Ron, anything else you want to say before we part ways? Well, I so say you could you can follow uh, follow us on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, we have Facebook. Uh, join the revolution. Um, I'd be glad to help anybody that anything we could possibly can. Um, you know, if you if you have a passion in this social enterprise business, live your passion. It's well worth it. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire career. That's exactly what we want to hear. So let's end on that high note. Uh, Ron, thanks so much for your time. Really, really appreciate it, and I enjoyed the conversation. Hey, thank you very much. That's all for this episode. Your next step is to join the Change Creator Revolution by downloading our interactive digital magazine app for premium content, exclusive interviews, and more ways to stay on top of your game. Available now on iTunes and Google Play. Or visit changecreatormag.com. We'll see you next time, where money and meaning intersect, right here here at the Change Creator Podcast.